0: Tech Talks could not be prouder to be collaborating with Johnny Walker Rocking the Daisies this season. This season is all about inclusion, all about providing a platform, and all about the music. We are teaming up with one of the world's most iconic brands, which, for the first time, is teaming up with one of the world's most iconic festivals. We could not be more stoked to be jumping on the Johnny Walker Rocking the Daisies train to bring you an all-woman lineup for the first time across all our seasons. So remember to keep walking towards love, keep walking towards the future, keep walking towards music as we prep you for what's bound to be the biggest festival of the year. Head on over to rockingthedaisies.com to find out more about the future of music festivals in Africa, get those last-minute festival tips, merch and soak up every little bit of excitement that Johnny Walker Rocking the Daisies has to offer. Welcome to Text Talks. I am Tex and today I am talking to a trailblazing rapper who lays witty lyrics over new wave grooves, ushering in a new era of hip-hop in Africa and making some serious moves. One of them to the main stage of Johnny Walker Rocking the Daisies this year. I am, of course, talking about Hannah. Hannah, welcome to Text Talks for the first time. How are you doing? Whoop, whoop. I'm doing good. How are you? I am great. No load shedding today for me. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's, I'm that's one a win. That's the lucky few. I know it is a win, the but chosen tell me, one. Where are you at the moment? You're not in South
1: Africa, are you? I'm not. I'm actually back home in Zimbabwe, um, visiting fam and just hanging out for the school holidays right now.
0: Oh, that's nice. When you say school holidays, do you mean like? Like varsity holidays? Or are you still studying? Yeah, varsity. Or, uh, varsity. Okay.
1: So, yeah, what are you studying? I'm still, I'm still tied up in the in the school thing. I'm studying computer science uh, and computer engineering. Amazing at UCT. I'm gonna take a stab. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah, UCT and great guess. And how? how is we'll get to that later i'll tell you why i know that but tell me what the vibe is on campus these days i i was i was at uct for for four years and it was four of the best years of my life but it was a while ago so yeah uh yeah no it was amazing i did a ba did media i did english i did drama so i split my time between hitting Mm. campus and then upper campus and it was just the best it was the best what's the vibe on campus now
1: Um, you know, it's a little dark, it's a little dark, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna lie Um, Mm -hmm. the vibe, okay, my first year is, I kinda came to UCT when things were a bit turbulent So, I was there, the first year I was there, that's when we had... Lots of protests. We wrote our exams in tents that year. Police
0: used stun grenades to disperse students at the middle campus of the University of Cape Town in the early hours of this morning. This after more than 20 students were arrested for being in violation of a court order obtained by the university, prohibiting them from, amongst other things, occupying any property of the institution.
1: It's just it's been pretty hectic like I feel like every year I've been at UCT there's been something like really big that's happened and so it's been interesting. I've made like incredible friends and I've, I've loved being on campus and then obviously I'm also part of the students who's studying while COVID happened. My fellow South Africans. And that impacted everything as well so you know studying online and you know working from home and all of that stuff but it's it's been cool. I'll say that it's been like, it's been an experience and not all great, but like definitely all informative and like transformative for sure.
0: You know, it's so crazy. You say that you, you started UCT when all the protests were going on, fees must fall, all of those kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, and then like a year or two later, you get smacked by COVID. I, I mean, mm. I think that your generation of, of graduates, like, <laughs> I don't think that people have had it this bad in a very long time, but you still yeah. manage to somehow, A, persevere and B, balance this incredibly flourishing
1: rap career. Like, how do you do it? It's like, it's funny because people ask me this all the time and I'm always like, the real answer is like I just don't balance it. I It's sacrifice <laughs> all around. I'm just literally picking which to drop at the most convenient time. You know, for example, like if say you know there's some huge academic thing happening around rocking the daisies well academics is gonna have to see see me later you know like i just have to pick and choose where i'm at and like you know it's it really is just a game of sacrifice and just picking my battles for either thing i can't do it all on both sides so they both kind of suffer a little bit
0: uh exactly you can't do it all on both sides you you can't be superwoman as much as you try but listen hannah there is one mm. question i want to get this out of the way now there is one question okay. i have been dying to ask you since i knew that i feel like i know what it's gonna be about you oh what okay. do you think
1: no. drop it okay no drop it no, no 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 i want to hear what you say okay hmm. okay i want to know
0: because you wear the deathly hallows symbols around your neck and yeah, okay. from one Potter fan to another Potter fan, I want to know
1: yes.
0: what house are you in and why? Go.
1: Okay. Okay. So my Hogwarts house based on the Pottermore test is Ravenclaw, mm-hmm. which I mean, I, it kind of makes sense. I kind of was a little bit of an like a... An academic in high school i'm not gonna lie i kind of let that let that die a little bit in uni but i'm a ravenclaw i think it's probably because i'm like i can be very good with things like numbers and like sciences and stuff that was always kind of my thing but i've always felt a little bit more like a like a gryffindor i know that sounds really cliche because everyone's like i want to be a gryffindor because harry was a gryffindor but like genuinely speaking i feel like I feel like those are my people, but I still claim Ravenclaw. You know, I'm still, I'm still here.
0: I can see that. I can see Ravenclaw for you. I'm 100% Slytherin. Not oh. even gonna lie. Oh. Straight up, right there. Pottermore test confirmed it. Um, but also. <laughs> for superficial reasons my favorite color is green and i look really great in green as well hannah so uh, of I course out my you see, eyes. this is the slytherin <laughs> talking
1: this is that's exactly what a slytherin would say 100 i don't <laughs> doubt the results i don't doubt them at all
0: oh my gosh i love this another thing that i wanted to ask you about is your <laughs> social media handle because i remember when you first yeah. blew up i was looking for hannah everywhere and yeah. <laughs> i couldn't find you and i realized that it's not Hannah, but it's the real niggest, and I wasn't yeah. sure what that was, so I googled it, and Urban Dictionary says that a niggest is a title of Ethiopian
1: royalty, which I love. Yeah. So I want tell me a little bit more about that. Okay, sure. So, yeah, I my mom is Ethiopian, so I'm mm-hmm. half Ethiopian, half Zimbabwean. I know. I know South Africa wants to claim me. I'm also South African, guys, in my heart. But, yeah, yeah, so my dad is Zimbabwean, my mom is Ethiopian, and I was trying to come up with, like, an Instagram handle, like, in my, like, last years of high school, and I didn't want to get stuck with one of those, you know, Hannah, like, 345, or just something random that didn't really make sense. And so I was, my sister had put me onto this Kendrick Lamar song, which is called, I think it's I, and he basically goes on to speak about how the words... Well, the N-word was like derived from the Ethiopian word Nagus, which is, Mm. it means like king. It's a title of royalty for men in Ethiopia. And he was basically saying, oh, you know, this is where the derogatory N-word was derived from. And... It's, you know, actually a word of such empowerment. And this is, you know, it's a title of royalty um, for black people and all these wonderful things. And I thought that was pretty cool. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to make my Instagram name the real nigga, to be honest. But I was like, mm, that doesn't really feel like it hits home for me. And also, you know, kind of has a bit of a male connotation to it f- for the most part. And so mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know, that didn't feel right. And so I, I Googled what the Ethiopian equivalent was. Where I asked my mom, one of the two. And she said, niggast. And I was like, oh, I like that. And so, yeah, it's kind of a play on, you know, the real nigger, the real niggists. It's, it's a little it's more close to home. And it's like a part of my heritage, part of my, you know, um, my lineage and where I'm from. And it just, I thought it was really cool. And I knew that, like, I wouldn't want to change. It's something I could stick with and rock with for forever, possibly, Yeah.
0: I love that. It's so smart and it it fits who you are Mm. to a T. But like you said, you're half Ethiopian, half Zimbabwean, two very different countries, right? Almost like 3,500 kilometers apart. But what's your favorite Ethiopian tradition? And what's your favorite Zimbabwean tradition? What
1: do you draw from each of those cultures? Hmm. So... A lot of my upbringing was in the Ethiopian community. There's like a beautiful Ethiopian community here in Zim, like oh, wow. aunts, uncles, family, friends who I've just grown up with and they've just become like family. And so I I was really lucky to experience a lot of like Ethiopian culture here in Zim. I think my favorite Ethiopian tradition hmm, would probably be like the... So the Ethiopian calendar is kind of like... Um, different from the one the rest of the world uses and so Mm -hmm. they have new year christmas all of these other like key dates well holidays um on different days and so ethiopian new year is on september 11 i believe yeah september 11 yeah and so every september 11th it's a huge celebration in ethiopia with all of these people one of the like key um like signifiers of the new year, they're these beautiful yellow flowers that grow in Ethiopia around the time when the new year starts. And I think that's kind of why um, they picked that day or that day was used for whatever reason. But, yeah, mm-hmm. so we always celebrate the Ethiopian new year and it's just a beautiful time to, like, you know, it feels like I get two chances at starting the year over. And I always loved that because I felt like, mm. yeah, I need this. I need this reset <laughs> right now in September. And That's um, did you ask about Zimbabwe? My Zimbabwean? Yeah, and then your
0: favorite Zimbabwean tradition. Or well, something that screams home to you.
1: Something that screams home to me from Zim. I mean, it's it, honestly, to be completely honest, it's mostly family. I don't have friends. I got family. And like I said, because most of the time that I was here, you know, I was pretty immersed in the Ethiopian community for the most part to be honest um so I didn't really get to like experience a lot of like traditional traditional Zimbabwean things but something that screams home for me in Zim hey, I don't want to say potholes that's a bad that's a bad answer isn't it? <laughs> amazing <laughs> it's a bad answer no 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 um I'd say well it's not really a traditional or something but I'd say people in Zim are very very friendly you know there's just this mm. this culture of like the the sense of camaraderie and just like I don't know people are just so so like open and welcoming here and like friendly you know you can talk to anyone um it's it's always been one of my favorite things about Zim and that I've found like in other places it's not really a thing sometimes like you know people can be very like I'm sticking to what I'm doing and like you guys do your own thing. I'm doing my own thing, but here everyone is very much like involved in each other's business and just, yeah, I I love that. Like I can walk down the street and just start a conversation with a random person and yeah, now we're besties. And I don't really, yeah, I don't know if that's a strictly Zimbabwean thing, but it's something that I've always like missed when I'm in other places that I feel doesn't, don't like reflect the same, you know, um, welcoming or friendly like nature
0: of the people you know what hannah you're the third zimbabwean person that i've interviewed this week and i oh, really yeah? think that you've yeah i have i interviewed two other musicians as well the older one and a sort of up and coming one and uh And I really feel like you've hit the nail on the head just in terms of that warm friendliness, that openness. Mm -hmm. I mean, even talking to you right now, like, you're very chilled, like, super conversational. And just in general, like, people who I've met from Zim are just rad, like, rad people. And I don't know. It it must be ingrained in, in, in your culture and in your tradition. So I think it actually works out being a tradition. So your, your answer, your answer is perfect. But, you know, more often than not, when I ask musicians about their musical influences, they talk about their music, um, or the music that their parents played around the house, you know, that when they were growing up and I heard you mention in an interview once that your parents never played music around the house at all, which I found very interesting. So I want to know how old were you when you started listening to music and You know what what was the first music that you first that you remember vibing with
1: yeah i know it's so weird right like how here i am being an artist and i can't even talk about how my my dad used to play like hip-hop no it's, it's not even like that um yeah it was it was kind of weird i guess i don't know it just wasn't like a thing in my household i mean music any music that like came on would just be like Purely circumstantial, or like environmental, like oh, it's on the radio, oh, it's on the TV. But like, there was never like, oh, my dad loves this artist or my mom loves this artist. And so for me, the first time though, I did feel like I do feel like I had an experience with music really young, and it was actually in Cape Town. um We were on a family vacation, the first time I'd ever like traveled anywhere. I think I was like five or or four, maybe actually. Mm-hmm. And we were in Cape Town, like staying in Hout Bay. And my older cousins, who we were on vacation with, were playing Eminem, Lose Yourself. And I was like, mm, this is cool. What is this What is this music you're playing? What is this? this magic? And so they were like, no, you guys can't listen to this. But that was the first time I heard rap. And I think that was like, that's my earliest memory of like hearing music and being like really interested in it. And so after that, like I'd start like, you know, I'd wanted to like know the lyrics of like, what was that song? And like, that was pretty Mm -hmm. cool. So that's my earliest memory. And it's just, it's crazy to think that it was a rap song and it was Eminem. It was one of my first influences in music, but very much later in life. And when I think back to that, I'm like, oh, it was kind of telling like, oh, yeah.
0: In one of your tracks, you rap 16, been doing this since I was 16. Yep. Talk me through that progression from writing your first verses to actually performing them for the first time at Cyphers.
1: Oh yeah. I, I never, I always tell people this and it's really funny because I never wanted to like make music as a thing, not even as a hobby at some point. I think I just, wow. I just kept having these like barriers in front of me, like, Oh, I like listening to music, but I'm never going to write it. Then I was like, Oh, okay. I like mu- writing music, but I'm never going to release it. And now I'm like, Oh, I like releasing music. And I don't know what, you know, my next, my never say never thing is going to be, but yeah, I just keep finding myself transcending these things. And so when I was in high school, my older sister put me on to like J Cole and, and uh, another friend of mine was also really into rap and Yeah, we just kind of got into, like, you know, rap culture, like, you know, um, rap battles, like the rap battling leagues, like King of the Dot. King of the Dot S1, the first ever season in battle rap. History has been made. Over 48 MCs have been whittled down to the final 16. Then URL, which are these American, like, rap battle leagues. And... I always thought they were really cool. And so I guess I started dabbling in like, you know, can I be lyrical in the same way that these guys are? Because they were really cool. And I wasn't even listening to music at that time. I'd like given up music for battle rap. I was like, this is this is what I'm subscribing to for the rest of my life. <laughs> and so yeah, no, that was short lived. But it was really helpful because I guess, you know, it gave me a different perspective of writing lyrics because they're very different. It's very different from like music making. And so now I'm dabbling and, you know, trying to like write a couple lyrics. Uh, my friends and I would like freestyle in their cars after school, you know, try and just have a good time, you know, and just mess around. But we we're really having fun. And then now I found myself um, at UCT and my sister was like, yo, you know, you like rap, go to the hip hop society. And I was like, okay, cool. So I went, I'd start popping up their ciphers. I don't know if they had them when you were there, but... Yeah. They, the hip hop society was a thing,
0: but cyphers okay. were not a thing. Because if they were a thing, Ooh. I can tell you, well, mind you, I was pretty much hungover most of the time that I was at UCT. But oh, the, yes. the, times that I, the times that I do remember, I would have known <laughs> if there was like dope stuff like that going on. You know what I mean? So yeah, definitely. definitely not as popping as, as when you started at the hip hop society.
1: Okay. No fear. I mean, it's yeah you definitely would have noticed it because it like sometimes the crowds would get so huge on like jammy plaza and like people just come listen (laughs) and so i started off going there and i was like very shy and you know just listening listening to people do their thing and mind you those guys were like super talented like freestylers just off the top of their heads just saying things people would throw words at them they just do crazy things it was insane and so i was very you know I was not confident in my ability to join or like do anything in front of all these people yet. And I think a couple of weeks and I was like, okay, you know, let me let me try. I go something mm-hmm. for you guys and they're like, "Oh, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Come through." And then I did my like this verse that I wrote in high school, I think, and everyone was like, "Whoa." And I was like, "Okay, bye." So yeah, it was it was really It was really cool. Like, I was like, oh, people like this. Like, people messed with this. I didn't think it was, like, good. And people really loved it. And I was like, okay, maybe there's something here. Maybe, maybe.
0: And then, you know, after you performed at a couple of ciphers and built up a bit more confidence, you decide you're going to start uploading your verses to socials. And these days, we're Mm -hmm. very used to people blowing up on TikTok, right? But Twitter was where you really exploded, right? (whistles) Tell yeah. me about going to bed one night, Hannah, and waking up the next morning like the
1: real niggas. Yeah, that was crazy. Big ah. dreams. Ah. I think I was made for the big screen. Ah. Yeah. I mean, it was so random for me because I was also new to Twitter at the time. And i just gotten in. Mm. I was really into my, you know, Twitter was just hilarious in like 20, 2018, 2017. It was good. Twitter it was vibes so on cool back in the back day. then. Yo it was so cool Hey now it's just It's just a Violence every day Toxic Nah Mm -mm. Yeah And so I'm like I'm just gonna put this on Twitter Because I mean You know Why not I'm putting it on Instagram I put it on my Instagram And it did Like people who followed me Loved it And that was cool but I didn't it didn't really go that far on on Instagram it was mostly like to my followers but at the time it was still like much more than I ha- much more of than the following I had at the time and then I put it on Twitter and I go to bed and I wake up the next day and I'm just my phone is just you know the Twitter notifications just kept saying 20 plus 20 plus 20 plus I'm like oh what's going gosh. on what does this mean <laughs> clicking on the notifications and I'm like what all these people are retweeting people are coding and just being like this is amazing and I was like uh i have school today i don't know what to do with myself (laughs) yeah it was wild it was wild you know
0: i i actually just remembered and correct me if i'm wrong Mm -hmm. but at the time weren't you using a different handle weren't you big spinach
1: oh yeah a That name. wow <laughs> I'm gonna bring it back. I'm gonna bring it back. I think I need to make a burner account and call it Big Spinach, because I was thinking about this last night, Tex. You're reading my mind. Mm. <laughs> so it wasn't my handle. It was my handle was still the real niggas. That was like the at. But then my yeah. display name on Twitter was Big Spinach. And like uh. Yeah, no that's why i guess a lot of people are like who's big spinach and i was just oh like my gosh. this is why i'm saying you need to blow up with the right handle guys because people remember big spinach they're not going to remember the real niggas. they're not they, they're going to remember what they see so if you pick a whack username and you blow up online that's what you're going to be stuck as so i'm glad i i had like a, a decent i guess big spinach wasn't the best but it was it was good enough
0: Oh, my God. When Billie yeah. Eilish blew up, her Instagram handle was who ate all the avocados. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I remember looking at that going, yo, that's not
1: going to last for too long. <laughs> She's got to change I that. <laughs> I'm mad she changed it, though. She should have stuck with the avocados, man. She she, oh she switched up. Right? I thought that was so cool. But where, where does Big Spinach come from? Okay, so my friends were kind of, you know, trolling me because I, you know new in uni freedom i was really like in i don't want to say i was in the streets but i was really exploring you know romance and so I, got I kept getting really unlucky like yo i was getting taken for i don't know if i can swear on this can i swear on this oh you can swear as much as you like okay i was getting taken for a boost basically oh. right like left right and center every single day Yo, it was painful and so my friends started like joking i don't know if so i thought this was cape town slang but maybe i'm wrong have you ever heard mm-hmm. the, the phrase popeye uh like when people no. call you? okay so maybe but also, it's, i'm know, very it's white with... hannah so <laughs> okay you know that's okay that's fair that's fair um so my friends were calling me a popeye which is basically like you're being t- pop being called a popeye is like the equivalent of saying like you're being taken for a poos by everyone like you're everyone okay you're a clown so my friends were calling me yeah it was sad it was very sad and so my friends were calling me little spinach at the time and like basically just to play on the whole Popeye spinach thing they were like oh you're a little spinach and so you know it was very it was a rough time for me but then you know I kind of wisened up I was like no you know what I know how to I'm a I'm going to switch the narrative here, right? I am the prize. And so things started kind of taking a bit of a turn. And my friends were like, oh, okay, you've graduated little spinach. Now you're big spinach. And I was like, oh, big spinach. I like that. Yeah.
0: And so that's where the handle came from. That is epic. Yeah. I love that story. Also, you've educated yeah. me. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> You're welcome. I mean, I feel like it's kind of like it's it's been retired, but just for future reference, if someone brings it back, now you know. Yeah, no, I think you need that burner, can't hey? Yeah, definitely. I really do because I'm tweeting crazy these days. Actually, I don't want people to go look at my Twitter now. <laughs> I need a burner Why? for sure. Because I've always had this thing about like I never wanted to – have to have a separate social media account. Like I just want to be myself on my socials Uh, and that's important to me. And so now I'm getting to the point where I'm like, uh, I don't want to compromise on this, but I'm also just like, I don't want the whole world, like, you know, knowing everything about my business. So yeah. Does social
0: media sometimes get too much? Are you ever just like, actually, you know what? I'm just going to turn off all my notifications or put my phone on flight mode for like a day.
1: I weirdly, like, from before I even, like, started getting attention, I never had, like, my notifications on for any of these apps. And so that's actually, like, a really great thing. I can only interact with them, like, when I'm in the app and I'll see the notifications Mm. there. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, social media is weird. Sometimes I feel like I had a bit of, like, a... I've been going through a transitionary period where I've just kind of been re reassessing my relationship with social media and just, you know, all of this like attention that people give me or were giving me and that, you know, fluctuates naturally and how that's affecting me and like, you know, my day-to-day life and my view of myself and like what I'm doing. And I just realized, Oh, this is really bad. Like, this is not, this is not healthy. This is not the real reflection of like, you know, what you're doing or what's important. And so I've definitely, detached a lot from social media and i think now i'm really i'm using it for fun and i'm just i'm really happy with where i'm at because i'm like oh great like things are going well on socials that's wonderful and other days i'm like eh, i don't really care as much as i used to which i think is shout out to me leaps and bounds
0: yeah shout from, out to you 100 100 percent. but you know off the back of all the attention <clears throat> that you were getting 2019 then proved to be a very significant year for you as you participated in two competitions that yeah. you know you've referred to as life-changing experiences the one i know very well mr easy's empower africa campaign because i worked on yeah. it from a media perspective and then the second oh, one yeah? was nasty sees lift as you rise competition yeah yeah i did i did but i'll tell you more about that later um But tell me about how each of these competitions affected your career for the better.
1: Okay. Um, Wow. 2019 was really weird year. Like now that I think back, I'm like, what was I doing? I, I'm not the kind of, I don't like things like competitions. They're just, they give me a lot of anxiety. And so the fact that I entered two of them, is like crazy to me and it's even more ridiculous that i won both of them like that's just hey i don't know i'm i'm grateful though and so when i entered mr easy's competition i i remember i actually did like two entries for it i did one entry that i was like oh this is the one and then i did a second entry where i was like "Mm, okay let me do let me do one more and i was rapping a little bit more and by the, time, like, by the time I got announced, I think I was a 95th person that they announced. So like, it was 100 people. By that time, I'd already given up hope. I was already sleeping easy. I had already gone through the motions, the grieving period of not winning. And a lot of friends of mine had like, won at that time. Um, most of the people I knew that entered actually got chosen. And so I was like, hmm, okay, this is over for me. And then on New Year's Day of 2019, I woke up. To congratulations, number twenty-five, number ninety-five. And I was like, ah it was so cool. Um Mr. Easy's competition for me really helped. Like it was my first like real experience of like making a song. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd made a little bit of music before that, but like I had made the song piece and I got to work with a lot of and I meet a lot of like mutual winners who are also zimbabwean artists or south african artists that i knew and i got to like build relationships with them and yeah it it that video and that song was like a launch pad i guess for everything for the durags like my first interaction with like durags i don't even know how that happened but (laughs) yeah it, it feels like it was the foundation for everything really Um, which was wonderful. And not just, you know, winning the competition and the publicity from that, but like the actual song that I did and the video we made and, you know, what that meant and like how that like introduced me into the industry was like very pivotal, I think. And so, yeah, that was lifted. That was Empower. So
0: talk to me about
1: your affair
0: love affair with do rags now that you've brought it up because it's, it's like also such an integral part now of like your style and, and obviously the debut album girl
1: with the do rag. Talk to me a little bit about that. So when, okay, I, I had like been again on Twitter and I kept seeing, I would see people in do rags and I was like, Oh, do rags are kind of cool. And then I had a dream text. I had a dream. Oh yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was wearing this yellow like not not just like a mustard yellow durag and i looked so good i was like this is i have to get one so when i woke up i was like i'm buying a durag like right now so i went all over like the internet i even tweeted about it i'm sure it's still up there i was like i dreamt i was wearing a yellow durag and now i need one and then i i found these local guys um who make durags um from UCT um shout out to them BLX durags they're real homies they're great and so, yeah, they had, like, the exact durag that I dreamt of. And I'm like, yes, I need that. And so when we were shooting the music video for Peace, they kind of hit me up and they're like, hey, you're shooting a music video. Would you like some durags? And I was like, yes, yes, please. And that's how I ended up wearing this red durag in that music video because they were I just started this relationship with these guys and now they offered me all of these durags to use for the video for me and my friends and anyone else who wanted to wear one. And, yeah. That was like the beginning of that. And then I guess when I explain how Lift Is Your Eyes happened, that'll explain the girl in the rag, like how that came about, I guess. Uh,
0: did they also make the sparkly silver rag that you're wearing on the album cover? Because I love that rag. Thank
1: you. I know it's like uh, that's one of my favorites. It was actually made by one of my really good friends um, who's also a stylist um yeah so she handmade it like she literally hand cut and like, beautiful she sewed it up she made me two and so that's the one that I'm wearing on the cover of the girl in the durag which I thought I was like I can't just wear a normal I need to go all out with this one I don't know how we're going to do it but it needs to be sparkly and like just out there and that's exactly what we did yeah
0: and you did it and that album cover is oh, <laughs> it's so epic it's blue and bright and in your face and I love it but I keep cutting you off tell
1: me about nasty seas lift as you rise okay so um basically after empower I through empower actually when I was recording peace I met the recording engineer who was recording me and at the time was like a complete stranger was Zeno D and Zeno is a really big producer and he's produced for nasty c and he's like good friends with the whole torax team and torax crew and he's actually the one who like told me about the lifters your eyes competition and i was like um i'm not really trying to enter a second competition in the same year <laughs> i was like nah 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 not for me thank you and he's like no dude like you're the exactly what you're looking for like you should enter you're probably gonna win and i was like mm no and i kept fighting him on this but like eventually my other friends were like to just do it like everyone else is doing it again all my um empower friends were entering so i was like okay i guess if you insist so i did two entries for that one as well and i did a one entry was like kind of like a singing entry and the second one was the rap entry and then i just remember <laughs> it's so funny it's a crazy story i was so, I was at a friend's music video shoot, and I was so, so high I was gone. I was Next. out of here like i was Next. I was gone, and my phone was off, and I was just living my best life, chilling, alarming there at the shoot <laughs> and then I switched on my phone, and there's like thirty missed calls, random people are trying to reach me. I'm like, who are these people? I go on Instagram. Yvette from ACA is messaging me. Torax account is messaging me. Red Bull is messaging me. We need to get a hold of you now, please. I was just there like, um. Oh my God. Hectic. And I was just like, (laughs) I don't know how to process this. My high brain is just not, is not, it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing right now. And then, yeah, I, I, I texted everyone back and I was like, Hey, sorry. I didn't tell them I was high, but you know, now they, now they know um and i was like well, yeah no no <laughs> yeah just expose myself to the whole world shout out <laughs> so then they're like yeah uh you've been shortlisted as one of the winners for the competition and like we just need to get your info to see if you're eligible and blah 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 and i was like freaking out because i was like oh my god this is not happening but i was like mm, they said i'm shortlisted which means are other people which means this is not like a for sure thing little did i know they were just you know we had, they had actually just said that to all the winners just to make sure, you know, we were eligible. But we um, had won. And so, yeah, that's that's kind of how Lift is Your Eyes happened. And also, I should just mention, when I got the actual call from like Nasty C, Rodin, because they were calling everyone. They were trying to video call everyone to tell the winners. I was dying at the doctor's office. I was in the doctor's waiting room with the worst flu of my life. I thought I was going to die, genuinely speaking. I was covid was not even touching that flu like it was bad and oh, i just wow. remember sitting there being like hi and they're like yeah you won shout out and they're going crazy and i'm like thank you so much and they're like okay i think they were just like mm, i don't know what's wrong with this kid but like shout out to you man and yeah that's how it happened so it was it was it was funny um how everything kind of went down in terms of the communication but yeah that's that's how it lifted your eyes
0: I feel like good news finds you at inappropriate moments, like when you're high or when you're
1: dying at the Mm -hmm. doctor's office. (laughs) Exactly. So I need to I need to get myself into more of those situations. Surely that's like my thing. No,
0: no. Uh, We wish you peace for the rest of 2022, (laughs) please. No, thank you, thank you, thank you. Not after the last few years we've all had. Uh, uh, uh. -uh. But you know, 2020, rough year. That's all that needs to be said. However, for you. Debut album release, mm. face on the cover mm-hmm. of Hype magazine.
1: You can't prove to anybody that you're dope if you're the only person that knows that you're dope. So you gotta put this shit out, you know what I'm saying? But I can't wait until your shit comes out, bro. Like, I've been telling people about you. I've been telling people about you, Joe. Like, your shit is international, though. Like, and I really pray that you touch that market because you have the potential to be.
0: I mean, Robert, that's huge, especially considering how early on in your career it was. Because being on the cover of Hype, it's basically like a rite of passage, right, in the hip hop yeah. world. T- tell me, tell me when you think back on that, like what that meant to you,
1: how you felt in that moment. It was super cool because Hype was doing their like freshman for the year. You know, they mm-hmm. like up-and-coming freshman and if i'm not mistaken i think i was the only woman on that cover you were yeah thinking back you were which was really like i don't know you know i'll say interesting but i'm very grateful for that opportunity and like i've never been on a magazine cover before you know like just being on a cover is just such a huge thing hype being one of like the biggest hip-hop and culture like mags in south africa is like i was so confused i i think my general like response to great news is just confusion like uh, from all the stories i've told you i'm sure you can see that and i was i was like wow (laughs) like okay i'm on the cover of this i got to do like a little bit of an interview with hype and just being able to have that in my back pocket and like you know thankfully they're also doing digital issues at the time which was so cool and like i can always look Mm. back on that and be like damn i did that you know i i made the cut which is, again, just, like, story of my life at this point, but, like, always a huge surprise. I just, it never feels real, I guess. I mean,
0: it was you and a bunch of boys, but you are front and center, right? And then they've done such a cool, I I remember it so clearly, they've done, like, such a cool um, animated sketch of you and they've even got the Deathly Hallows in as well around your
1: neck. I love that. I thought that that was so Can't forget it. And the article
0: was also really dope
1: too. Yeah, it was. It was. I, I'm like, I feel like every anytime people give me the chance to talk, I will just talk. So, having the opportunity to speak and like to have it in print on like this this mag that like so many people who are like genuinely invested in hip hop culture are going to read and like interact with, and getting to like speak. I'm not sure if I spoke about the girl in the durag at the time, but I think I might have. Getting to just speak about my music and myself and do that on this platform was just, yeah, it was, it was like, like you said, a rite of passage. And I feel like just opened up the doors for so many other like opportunities with different publications and like them actually being like, hey, who's this person? Oh, maybe they're interesting. Let's check them out. And so it again was just like another like like a gateway to all these other opportunities, I feel. And so I'm really grateful to Hype for that, you know, and for them putting in my Deathly Hallows chain, which you know is um signature to me at the at this moment. I feel like it can't be me without it. That's why I wear it everywhere I go. I'm wearing it right now as well. Yeah.
0: Um I I thought as much because as you said it, you kind of look down at it. I heard your voice yeah. change with the, with the mic, and I was like, Yeah, oh, she's Whoops. looking just to check if it's there. It's there. It's there. Yeah, no, I'm just, no, just making that's sure perfect. <laughs> but you know, it's one thing to, to upload a demo and blow up online, mm-hmm. but it's a yeah. completely other thing to actually like step onto stage and play to a live audience, especially when your schedule starts filling up, you know, and then you have to balance a burgeoning career with your studies. Oh. But how have you experienced that transition from social platforms to playing proper shows to like a
1: real live audience? Live audiences are like, they're they're obviously very different. Like, it's very safe behind the screen. I'm not going to lie. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, I can make sure I look exactly how I want and sound exactly how I want, do as many takes as I want and, you know, people will interact with it on their own terms and it's not like I need to like facilitate that interaction do you know what I mean whereas like Mm -hmm. now you're on stage and people are like just staring at you and you're like hi and they're just staring at you like who are you like what are you doing here why did the DJ stop playing and so I, I had to learn really quick um thankfully I had like I've always had a background of like public speaking and debate and so I'm not like terribly nervous in front of crowds I know how to manage my my stage fear my stage fright and all of that mm-hmm. but it was it was different and you know experiencing and learning that like technical difficulties are a real thing and they will happen every chance possible every single if there's an opportunity for the sound to go wrong it will go wrong and so managing know that and knowing how mm. oh yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> so like learning that and like having to be able to improvise and you know, not panic, just like manage yourself on stage was like a really interesting thing to learn. It wasn't always fun, I won't lie, and I kind of started off performing in clubs, and I hated clubs. Oh,, mm. never want to go back to the club to perform again because it's just I don't know I, I think i'm 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 better off interacting with people who are interacting with me, and I feel like at the club sometimes it's kind of passive, you know, unless people are really there to see you. But yeah, um it was a, it was an uh an interesting transition and I'm very excited to be getting back on stage because obviously you know we haven't been able to do anything like that. Not 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 that much recently. And so being able to like get back in front of crowds is gonna be really fun and I'm excited to just re explore that because I feel like I wanna, you know, engage with people just beyond the music as well, you know. I've always looked at my favorite artists and seen like, yo, they're just cool people. You know, they're cool vibes and they don't just stand there and play their music. Like they interact with you. They're like listening to what people are saying and like responding. And it's just, it's very, it's what I think is special about live performances. And I want to be able to do that for people who enjoy me and have never met me and want to know who I am and what I'm like in person as well as experience the music. So yeah.
0: You know what, I'm going to be very real and straight up with you and say that you are probably in my top three artists that I'm most looking forward to seeing at uh, Rocking the Daisies this year, purely because A, I've never seen you before, but B, now, after having spoken to you and you telling me everything about, you know, wanting to be out and, you know, the clubs not being your thing, but festivals being a different beast, and I'm sure that you have some things up your sleeve so oh yeah what can you share with me about what your performance is going to look like without giving too
1: much away if you don't want to okay so I mean Daisy's this opportunity alone like is huge like gigantic um being able to perform on like a huge like like a real stage, like a real one, like with real real, people in front of it. (laughs) Yeah. Like a a big people stage, you know, um, that's just going to be absolutely insane. And so I'm just keen to like build a show and like make something memorable and like scale it to the right size for like the size of the festival and the size of this opportunity. I feel like that's kind of what I'm trying to do. Um, I definitely will be performing a lot of unreleased stuff as well. Some new music, which, and some of which will be coming out in the next few somethings. And that's going to be really fun. Um, It's going to be really cool to incorporate like different elements that I've never tried before. You know, who knows, there may, may not be like live, like instrumentalists there. Just, just really like tearing the stage up yeah, I just really want to scale this performance up to like, you know, the size of the stage, the size of the crowd, the size of the opportunity. I I want to make it big and I want to make it special. I'm not just going to stand there and perform the songs as they are. I want to do, I want to create special versions, you know, and, and really just, I just really want to tear the stage up, man. I want to leave everything on the stage, you know, my, my, Love of my life is gonna be at Daisy's, who knows, you know, maybe she might oh, you know, Might see some oh, some there, you know. Gotta gotta do something special. So she knows Big what's spinach. up. Spinach. Big spinach on patrol. Oh yeah. Big spinach has to, you know, I'm definitely Yeah. I'm there. I'm I'm shooting my shot at Daisy's guys. I'm telling you now, I'm shooting my shot with full force. <laughs> oh fully gosh, knowing that Kelani's so in a relationship. I love her, funny. but it, I'm gonna be there. Just know that.
0: I mean, that video of you talking about Kalani, where you basically like profess your undying love for her <laughs> and her mm. music. I mean, on a scale from like zero to what the actual fuck, how excited are you to be sharing a lineup with her for Johnny Walker Rock the Daisies? Be honest, be honest. This is a safe space
1: to be completely.: Okay, to be completely honest with you, I have not fully processed this on purpose, because I feel like if I do. <laughs> I don't think I have the brain power to do it. Honestly, I'm like, just, I try not to, to think about it too much because I'm really, I'm just trying to keep it together. You know, I don't think I have the capacity. I don't have the facilities to process this. I'm people who know me know that I love Kaylani, but like to be able to also watch her live mm. is just a dream come true. I've been asking daisies. If you go into those daisies posts, when they're like, who do you want to see you? You'll find me there. Saying Kelani, Kelani, Kelani. And like when they actually announced Kelani, I lost my shit. I was like, I don't even know. I just, I was a zombie for a little bit. And every now and then I kind of, you know, I go away for a little bit, but I come back. So to answer your question, I don't know. I, I have no answers about how I'm going to react, how I feel. I'm really just, I'm trying not to tap into this unlimited, like well of like excitement. And I'd like obsession that I'm experiencing. I'm just I'm taking it in very small doses, like very, very bite-sized pieces.
0: You know, take it in small doses. I think that's a very mm. wise strategy. But also yeah. in the back of your mind, have a plan B and C for what you're gonna do when you meet her. Because you probably will meet her, uh shout out Shannon, make that happen. <laughs> we know she probably will. You need you you need to like have some sort of game plan because it's basically a meme at this point as to how much you love her (laughs) and you don't want to go into like total shutdown mode where you're like
1: "Eh, you know what i mean i uh, that's my thing so i've been trying to think about how will i genuinely react Mm -hmm. i feel like there's a few options one of the options is i'm gonna play it too cool and be like who are you (laughs) that's option number one Oh my God. I I know that that. sounds wild, but it's really just an overcompensation. (laughs) Option number two is I'm going to faint. Like, I think that's a very real possibility, and I need everyone to just know that so that people are not surprised if it happens. Like, I just, it's not a medical issue. I'm telling you now, it's very, really, it's like a very real option. Option number three is I'm going to cry hysterically. It's also not great for me, you know like it's not it's not the best but these this not me being real and I think the other option like I'm trying to think of like planning what to say I think I just need to I'm gonna write I'm gonna type something out mm-hmm. I'm gonna make multiple copies I'm gonna put them in all my pockets all of them just every pocket I have in every pair of clothing I have I'm gonna take to daisies and I'm gonna like make sure that if anything happens, whoever's around me just needs to just give her that piece of paper because I have no clue, guys. I have no clue what's gonna happen. I really want to play it cool, but every time I watch her live performances, I'm like, no, I can't even do this through the screen, guys. I can't. I'm sorry. Uh,
0: pray okay, for so me, you, please. You've got to have. I'm praying for you, but you've also got to have a wingman. So, uh, option number one was you, you play it cool, like you don't know who she is um You've got to have people around you that, if you do that, they laugh. <laughs> yeah.
1: Do you know what I mean? Oh, so laugh? that it's a
0: joke. Why am I? Do you know what I mean? Just be, just be like yo. Yeah. What? <laughs> Second one: if you mm. faint, you need to also have people around you to catch you, right? Yeah, yeah. So you got like definitely. You got a
1: plan B, your plan B, you know, and then plan C. Definitely. What was plan C again? plan C was cry hysterically i think there's also room in there for me to actually just handle it very well but that's the least plausible and unfortunately i need to work i think you know what you need to do text i'm sure you know a lot mm-hmm. of famous people don't you want to introduce me to someone super famous so that i can just learn you know just like just like experience that because I, I have met a lot of really famous people but i got you. it's always like a been practice. really yeah, yeah, yeah okay cool thank mm. you But I mean, you also know a lot of like super famous
0: people. So okay. Well, let me, let me, we'll chat after this. We'll chat after this. Yeah, but that's actually not a bad idea. You know what I mean? Like break the ice with other people before you. But but as soon as you see Kelani's face, all of that shit's going to fly out the window, my friend.
1: I feel like I'm worried that (laughs) I'm actually going to propose. Like I really think I will. And I don't think it's going to be in my control. And I kind of want to, like, you know, if that happens, I don't know. I don't know, guys. Y'all just need to. Make sure there are no cameras. That's all I need. I was just gonna say, Hannah,
0: you literally took the words out of my mouth. I was gonna say, there better be a camera.
1: <laughs> Whatever I happens, know. there better be a camera. It's gonna be entertaining one way or another. Like, yeah, geez. Okay, thank you for the advice. I'm I'm I feel a little bit more not really, but you know, I yeah. It's we'll so get you much there. it's too much for we'll my get small you there. brain.
0: Thank you, thank you. But listen, real talk, real talk Mm. for a second, right? Okay. How does it feel to know that in the space of a few short years, you've built this kind, this, this, you've built this thriving career that already has you sharing a festival lineup with one of your musical heroes? I mean, it must be something that you
1: wake up in the morning and you pinch yourself. It is, it really is. Um, And the crazy thing about it all is that I like I'd always told myself and like I mentioned this earlier like I I never wanted to do music and it's not because I was like uh I don't think I'm well it was actually a little bit a lot a bit because I was like I don't think I'm that great at it but like yeah I just always felt I never thought that this was meant for me or it was possible for me or you know any of those things and for it to like in many ways, kind of like fall into my laps, always felt a bit like divine intervention. And I always felt like, wow, you know, like this doesn't happen for everyone. People are equally as talented and some even more talented. Like it's crazy. This is really like special. And to be able to have all the support and like, you know, meet the people in the way that I did and, and just have these interactions that have led to all these wonderful things happening really just does feel like, something bigger than me and I'm always just like I gotta I have to honor this you know whatever I do however I feel I need to I need to make sure that I acknowledge this blessing for what it is and really just milk the fuck out of it because this doesn't happen to everyone and it's crazy that it's happening to me as well someone who genuinely like thought it was not going to happen not even that I was like indifferent I was just like even when I entered these competitions I was like I'm not gonna win I wasn't even just like, I might win. I was convinced that the op like the negative was gonna happen. And for the for all of these wonderful things to happen, it's yeah, it's it really just is like completely resets the way you see things and my perspective on what's possible and what's not. And I think that's been the greatest like thing I've gotten out of this whole experience. Is like I really do now believe that this anything can happen for anyone like really it can and yeah i'm forever grateful to whoever is pulling the strings shout outs i appreciate you big time
0: hannah i just wanted to say thank you very much for joining me today on text talks i can't wait to see you at Johnny Walker rocking the daisies, I think that it's going thank to be you. an epic set. It'll—I'll be watching you for the first time, and I know, Yay. I know that. I mean, it's going to be an epic festival, and it's going to be an epic set. And I hope that I'm around when you meet Kalani, because I, I, you know, I'll be the one with the camera. If, <laughs> if oh, yeah. no one in your crew has cameras, I'll have a camera. But we're gonna prep Yay. you. We're gonna get you Kalani ready before
1: the rocking the daisies. I promise. Thank you, thank you. I'm already like. I'm already getting myself right spiritually, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm prepping. I need to start going to the gym, all of that, all of that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for joining us for
0: another episode of Text Talks from me, your host Tex, producers, Jonathan Ings and Matthew Lurtz and research and associate producer, Al Klapper, catch you on the flip side. A huge shout out to Johnny Walker, rocking the daisies South Africa's biggest music and lifestyle festival Remember to follow Text Talks on socials and subscribe and rate on whatever platforms you stream your podcast on. Head on over to textalks.com for all our previous episodes. And remember, that's Tex with a double X.